Hello, heroes, and welcome to episode four of the Everyday Superhero Cast. I'm your host, Julian Loomis, owner, coach, bard, and happiness sorcerer of EverydaySuperheroTraining.com. Today, I get to have a completely on-rails conversation with my friend Dana Frederick. Uh, we get two whole questions to answer in the Q&A, and, of course, we get to kick things off with, huh, I never thought of it like that. Hit the music, Johnny. I don't have a theme song yet. Remind me to fix it in post. Today in, huh, I never thought of it like that. We're going to examine escaping level zero in life. I can explain. When you start a role-playing game, whether it's a video game uh, and it's the cutscene ending for the first time, or uh, you're sitting down at the D&D table uh, and the, uh, the DM has just finished the monologue that you were totally listening to, your character already is wearing armor and is already wielding their axe. And the player next to you already knows how to cast spells. These are things that they just already have available to them, along with a bevy of other skills that will help them not die in their adventuring. The other people around the tavern that you're probably gathering at this stage in the game that aren't guards or there for the plot, they're random patrons in this pretend tavern that every campaign seems to start in, they are level zero. They have no prior experience in uh, wielding weapons or casting magic or adventuring of any kind, which is why when your rogue goes rogue and murder hobos a random tavern goer, it is extremely easy to ruin your DM's plans. We, the squishy humans playing the game, we start at level zero. Every time we head off into a new adventure every time we pick up a new endeavor every time we're re uh organizing our priorities every time we're trying to build a new habit we start at level zero we are the tavern goer the rogue can easily stab our backstories so far have given us zero reason to have any of the skills necessary to have success in whatever the endeavor is we're starting off on for the first time and in some cases, the skills we do have have pulled you in the opposite direction of where you're trying to go right now at this very date, which is why it is harder to escape level zero than it is to get from level one to level three. And for most people, if I'm being perfectly honest and we're using the D&D level system, you don't need to get past level two or three anyways. Like after that, you're being paid for something or you're doing it because... Uh, uh, yeah, no. After that, you're basically you're, you're professional, probably, or trying to get paid to do it. Getting to level one is the hardest part of your journey. It requires you to establish a new normal, to get comfortable in the struggle of your new endeavor. Let me be clear. Level one is not a measure of skill. Do you remember... The first time you played Dungeons and Dragons. 
since we're sticking with that metaphor. The nervousness, the confusion, the trying to figure out how the numbers on your piece of paper correlate to the language you're hearing around the table. You remember that? At some point, you went from not knowing how to create a character to having too many characters to know what to do with. Getting to level one is when I did something that one time becomes this is something I do. Hey, real quick, before we get to the guest today, you should totally check out everydaysuperherotraining.com. Regardless of whether you would like to support the podcast by donating to buy me a cup of coffee, or you're interested in trying the home fitness program for three days free, or you're interested in reaching out about uh, wellness coaching, or you just want to check out more of what it is I do when I'm not podcasting. All of that is available at everydaysuperherotraining.com. Thank you. And now for the guest portion, which I'm always super excited about. Uh, today, the guest is Dana Frederick, steampunk author and wonderful friend. And we have, I think, a conversation that covers somewhat of a direct point. It definitely, we, we started out with the most concrete, like, this is what we're talking about. And then um, other things were talked about as well. And I highly enjoyed it and felt it was an extremely positive experience. And I hope you will too. See you on the other side. Hi everyone, a um, little bit of introduction for myself. My name is Dana Frederick um, and I am a steampunk fantasy young adult writer. Um, I met Julian and Lydia several years ago at uh, Hypericon, which is our local Comic-Con here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, super amazing people. If you guys aren't subscribed to the podcast, you should be because this is wonderful. It's a great positive place. Um, but yeah, and I also do many other crafty things. Um, I do a lot of steampunk events and things like that. And I create handmade resin dice for those, like crochet, dice bags, all kinds of very crafty, nerdy things. Um, and that is me in a nutshell. And today, Julian and I are going to be talking about intentionality and um, kind of uh, pointing your intentionality toward building like kind of the I don't want to say like the life that you want, but kind of the life that you want and kind of, um, you know, like kind of like, you know, shooting for those goals using that intentionality. Awesome. I got there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I, for me personally, this looks very structured and I know like some people do not like, as rigid a structure as what I use. Um, my husband, for instance, like I use a planner. I have like my calendar. I, I do time blocking and whatnot. Like I know how long like writing a blog post takes me. I know how long I'm going to spend on doing social media stuff or whatever. Um, I have that all plotted out. Um, but that stresses my husband out, does not like it at all. So like, I just want to preface that I'm in no way, shape or form saying that like, you have to do it this way, but rather like, First comes setting the goals, then figuring out how, how to do the thing right. through that intentionality. Yeah. So, so my, my question to that then is, because this, this is what you know now. Yeah. Okay. How did you get to this point of knowing it? Oh, that's such a good question. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I like, I used to not have any kind of structure or schedule. I barely had goals. Like, mm -hmm. I think the only goal I really had was a couple of years back, 
Um, I was working corporate job, you know, pretty standard nine to five kind of thing. And my husband, Mike, and I had talked for about two years up to that point already of like, maybe me leaving. Um, it was a good gig, but it was starting the the organization was starting to change and I was starting to see some warning signs and whatnot. And, you know, like I said, it was a good gig, but it's not really what I wanted to spend my time doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we did financial stuff, had a lot of conversations over those two years. Um, and we decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to try and do this author thing full time. Um, so when that time finally came and I turned in my notice and I left to the corporate job, um, I wrote actually a blog post at the time of like, this is what I want to do. And some of that stuff was real dumb. It was very silly. I like thought I was going to write 10,000 words a day. (laughs) It's, I mean, some people can, and I commend them. Mm -hmm. It's that's, that's so much. Um, that is so, so much. My actual real in real life average is, you know, between like one and 2000, if I'm sitting down during a day to do writing Mm -hmm. and that like precludes literally everything else that comes with running your own business. Yep. That's the part people forget. I'm sorry. That's the part people forget. Right. Yeah. Like there's all this other stuff like finances and marketing, maybe if you have to do that thing and nope. also eating food and making sure that nope. you are fed That's and watered. A business. a business is a person. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, you're just, you're just a machine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was very silly of me, but I did have one of my other goals was um, to produce a book, like put out a book once every 18 months or so. Um, I was not good though at like breaking down goals like how do you make a book be in 18 months right or having like shorter goals to reach the longer goal exactly yeah just, just gonna write a book just gonna sit down and write a book yeah. um <laughs> overnight please right now yesterday yeah 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 um and so like i through various conversations with people um i kind of learned uh, like for instance, there's a book called, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the title of it. Um, David Allen wrote it. Getting things done. It's okay. Yeah. Getting things done. <laughs> yes. Um, and he's like, I listened to that book and it was, it was really, 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 um, kind of, uh, perspective changing for me because like he gets into the nitty gritty of like, this is how you set a goal. And it's like, just like you said just now, Julian, um, breaking it down into those little steps. Like if you need to go get your car maintenance, mm-hmm. getting your car maintenance is not like, is, is the goal, but the steps are like, call and make the appointment. Right. Make sure your schedule is clear, like, or clear your schedule for the car. Um, then take your car. Then, you know, review the information that the mechanics give you if there's something wrong with the car, then pay the bill, then take the car away. It is all of those collective steps that makes the goal. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of learned that over a long period. Um, we were just actually talking about the podcast Productivity Alchemy, which it was mentioned, that book was mentioned a lot on there, which kind of clued me into it. And I'd heard about it in some other places. Um, so over this long stretch of time of like two years, mm-hmm. learning like, oh, this is this is actually how how to set goals effectively. But also a lot of that was me figuring out how I worked and how my brain worked. That makes sense. Um, sorry. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and for 
me personally, I thrive under a schedule. And again, I know that's not going to be everyone's story. Um, but like, you know, me have like, I was just doing my planner before we hopped on here today. Like, I know that tomorrow I, I want to try to get up at 7am and I know that my, um, morning routine, uh, is about two hours long. Cause I, you know, I get up, I get dressed, I feed the dogs. I take the dogs outside. I, you know, have my own breakfast. I then make coffee, blah, blah, blah. You know, wait, all the wait, things. Wait, wait, wait. coffee was like ninth on that list. It was backwards. <laughs> I understand that completely. But like my, my puppy babies, they have no patience That's fair. for anything, that is, that is any fair. of this. Yeah. They're like, no, no outside and food now. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> um, but totally understandable. So, yeah. And then like, like I said, that takes like, you know, two hours or so. Um, and then I can sit down and I can work. Um, and like I said, that's just like, that took a long time for me to figure out, like, this is how I want to do it. And I didn't actually start time blocking until this past January because I realized your blog post on it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, it, how long has it been now? Like how, what, two or three years since I started the doing the author thing all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. And I, it, it wasn't until like now that I realized, Oh, time blocking. That's really great. That's, yep. That works really well for me. But even even before you reach that point, you were still putting out work. Yeah. Um, so I would before it was just it was it was less structured. Where I'd be like, I'm going to sit down. And I'm going to write today. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'm going to sit down. And I'm going to edit today. I wouldn't have a lot of other um, a lot of other thoughts besides like I might. Well, I did lists, and lists are great. Um, but I wouldn't have like an idea of like what's first priority mm-hmm. on the list? Is it writing? Is it editing? Is it whatever else mm-hmm. is there? Um, so yeah. And then, so like the, and that came from uh, David Allen's book, getting things done as well, right. as far as like figure out what's your biggest priority and like what needs doing first. But he also has looked kind of an addendum to that of like, if something only takes two minutes or less, just do it, just get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do the thing. Um, and that, that was actually really life-changing for me as well. Cause while I'm sitting there with my breakfast, like you can usually just, you know, scan your emails on your phone and be like, delete, 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 delete. Deleting emails is so fast. Yeah. And also it feels good. Really? I mostly, I, I think deleting emails feels great. Something I actually want to look at. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, do you, do you like, do you not like deleting stuff? No, I mostly don't get relevant emails. So I just ignore it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Try, try like if you, if you've got an email that comes in and you're like, oh, I don't need that in my life. Delete it. It's such a tiny, tiny little endorphin rush. Like get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. Just trash that. You don't need that in your life. Um, but yeah, so like it's, it's a little bit of an oxymoron. I realize when it's like, yeah, do all the teeny, tiny stuff in the moment, but also prioritize. Like I get that. Um, the book explains it so much better than I just have, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, but yeah, like intentionality of like, okay, I want to, I want to write books. Mm -hmm. How are you going to make that happen is now like the thing that if somebody comes to me, it's like, how do you like, how do you organize your life to do this thing? Really? It's just like, you know, look at, look at your schedule or, you know, or whatever it is in your, in your situation and like set like set your times. Like I want to write a book um, and then break it down into those pieces 
maybe I want to write a thousand words a day. Awesome. Or like a thousand words every time I sit down. Mm-hmm. Um, how long does that take you? Maybe it takes you an hour. It makes it, maybe it takes you two hours. And then, you know, like, okay, this is the time I need to sit down and write a thousand words. And then of course, like over, let's say 60 days, a thousand words become 60,000 words. That's, that's like a sh- pretty short novel. Right. Ta-da, and then, you have a book. And then there's also a little bit of like, the more you're working to write a thousand words, the quicker those thousand words hit. Exactly. Um, plotting and versus like discovery writing is a whole different conversation. I'm, I'm usually a discovery writer, but some people like can't write books without plots and without plotting. That's okay too. Um, but yeah, like I think having that intentionality and having um, kind of just an idea of how you're going to, you know, climb that mountain is really great. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm sure that this is, we're, we're now getting back into like some of these uh, active kind of metaphors that I know you love um, of like, you know, if you are going to climb a mountain, like, well, you got to buy, buy mountain supplies. I don't know how you, I don't know how to climb a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Mountaining supplies. <laughs> you, mean, you mean you don't just like walk up it? I mean, that is probably what I would do if yep. I didn't realize I'm entirely unequipped yep. to climb a mountain. That is fair. <laughs> you're, you're metaphor land. That still works. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but just uh, that that whole like intentionality of like achieving those things. And we were talking earlier about showing up every day. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean like I'm going to show up and write for eight hours um, a day because a lot of people can't do that. Or have but that. like. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine, she is such a wonderful writer. Serena Long, Serena Langer is her name. Um, and she did this thing where she wrote for 15 minutes every day for a hundred days. Um, 15 minutes is not very long, which is nice. And she got, she got a lot done. Um, so yeah, so that's, that might be what that looks like for you is just 15 minutes in the mornings or in the evenings, whichever one works best for you, depending on if you're a night owl or a morning bird. Um, yeah. We, that sort uh, of thing. We're actually doing that in our home fitness program right now. Yeah. We're practicing what I call bat cave training, which is the mm-hmm. basically the philosophy that that comes with trying to be a Batman while you're Batman. Like you're on call for the city all the time, uh, mm-hmm. and and you have to find time to uh, work out and study so that you're on top of everybody else. But also, if the working mm-hmm. out or study leaves you hindered in any way, you're in more danger by going out and then doing your job. Uh, right. You have to find a way to find time where there is none. Uh, and the program is literally just uh, it, uh, 20 minute workouts as mm-hmm. often uh, in a week, uh, throughout the week as you can. Uh, and they alternate between lower and upper body. So, like, you're not hurting your lower body by doing two in a row. Uh, and people get points for how many they get. So what do you find that, uh, how do you find that manifests with, um, with people? Like what are some of the examples that you've seen for this, um, actually playing out in people's lives, whether, I don't know, like people who work out better in the morning or lunch breaks or something like that. Like, what have you seen with that? Um, what I have found mostly is Mm -hmm. that people don't realize how long it takes for, for the habit you're trying to accumulate to accumulate. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly if you don't realize what the habit is you're trying to get. For example, um, if you're sitting down to write every day, the, mm-hmm. we think that the idea is that the habit is building writing. What we're actually doing is building time. We're carving out 
a space in our schedule that is dedicated to making sure that writing happens. Mm -hmm. If we focus on the fact that we're trying to write, uh, we lose track of the fact that uh, time is what we're lacking. Mm -hmm. Uh, So generally when I focus on that with people or or, uh, interact from that lens, it makes it a little more understandable of like why we're only doing 15 or 20 minutes. Because a lot of time you say, let's do 15 minutes like every day and they go, well, that's not enough. I'm not going to get anything done. I'm going to spend mm-hmm. 15 minutes twiddling my pencil, which might be true, mm-hmm. but you still have that time for when you're ready to write for those 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. Or whatever and, the activity is. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a whole other conversation about like how to, how to get over those writer block periods of like, I don't know what to write. You know, that, right. that's a whole separate set of conversations. Um, but as far as like when, like during these 15 or 20 minute sessions for, for working out, um, what are some of the, the habits that you've kind of seen built amongst uh, people who are kind of picking this up and stuff? Um, I've noticed that uh, the more people, like at first there was, there was a lot of, uh, which there always is, there's a lot of, hey, don't, don't forget, uh, this is something to do every day, uh, uh, but there was a uh, early on. There was a lot of um, people thinking, "Oh, that didn't take very long at all." And then they go mm-hmm. like three days later and go, "Wait, why am I waiting so long? It doesn't take any time at all." And then they would do one, uh, mm-hmm. and that and and uh, it's it took I would say the first two weeks for people to kind of really realize. Uh, that they can do it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if they um, have a question. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely had a question. Um, what did, but, and what are some of like the, the blockades and barriers that you've seen people struggling with as far as building those habits and like, you know, just, just doing the thing really. The, this is more of a generalization, not with specific people. Um, mm-hmm. The biggest thing I find is mm-hmm. the reason to do the new thing mm-hmm. is vague and ah. not concrete enough in the moment to right. fight off the excuse for not doing it. Yeah. So in, 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 if it's a workout and particularly like if you make it to the gym, you're more likely mm-hmm. to work out. But so it would be like, why didn't you go to the gym that day? Or if you're working out from home, why did you not get up to, to work out? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if uh, the reason you're working out is uh, for something vague, like to lose weight or to be in shape or right. uh, because I know it's healthy for me. But in that moment, you're like, my back's kind of sore. That's going to keep you from working out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, uh, the clothes you plan to, to, to wore are suddenly realized to be not washed, you're not working mm-hmm. out. Oh, okay. Like, so like the... Uh, changing the frame of mind so that the reason today's workout is taking place mm-hmm. is as specific as the excuses it's fighting off. Interesting. So like, are you, are you saying then like that again, when we, when we go back to goal setting, like the goals that people are setting should be specific, like let's say instead of, I want to lose weight, like I want to lose, I don't know, 20 pounds to be specific. Mm-hmm. But then like, are you, are you saying then like, for a, every specific day, there should be a different goal that they're shooting for, that or is it the, the same person, goal? But yes, uh-huh. the, the, 
the amount of intensity you go with, whether it, some people don't like it if it's every day, they get overwhelmed. Maybe it's once sure. a week, maybe it's what have you, what have you. But if uh, breaking down, like if, mm -hmm. and I like to do it uh, from a physics standpoint. So like, mm -hmm. and this this is specifically uh, fitness now, <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh, if if we know that it's, we're trying to reach 20 pounds, we can, mm -hmm reach the equation that lets us know how long that's going to take with how much effort. Oh, I love a good equation. And then, and then, and then we work backwards from there. And then it's like, uh, is there a time like we have to get it done by, or like, is this this in general? Uh, right. Right. And if we're, so like, if the idea is, is, uh, the goals overall goal is 20 pounds, uh, and we don't want to kill ourselves trying to do it. We're probably mm -hmm. looking at, let's say one and a half to two pounds a week. Right. Uh, uh, because you're also doing healthy things and eating good, nourishing food. Uh, yeah. And then from there, it becomes focusing on what do I need to do day to day to reach that goal for the week? Because if, yeah. if you go, if it's not a specific, a specific timeline for one, uh, and it's just, I want to lose 20 pounds, that, that's an everlasting problem. Again, too vague for you to fend off for mm -hmm. real time excuses. So the, the closer you get to the day of, uh, the stronger the chance you're going to follow suit, follow through with it. Gotcha. Yeah. And I like that. I like, you know, breaking it down. Um, like a looking at, time, I don't tell people that I'm doing all that math. I, just, oh, of course, I yeah. do all of Nobody the, likes I math. Do my wizard stuff in the background. And right. Like, this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. We were talking earlier about how I came up in the theater and it specifically, uh, I came up in scenic design and, um, like set design and stuff mm -hmm. like, Nobody is like telling the audience, like, this is, this is how we're making, yep. you know, the, the turntable go or whatever, when you're mm -hmm. seeing Les Mis or like the force perspective sets for, uh, Lion King or whatever, like they're just, they're just enjoying the, like the final effect. Exactly. Yeah. Now I, I will happily explain to people if they ask, like if they go, why are we doing sure. this? Then mm -hmm. yes, they'll have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like that so much. But I and I like um I want to I want to go ahead and 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 say I get also that like this is work. It's hard. Yes. Like it work takes a lot a of effort. Yeah. <laughs> and like for instance, um, I'm going to change our our example a little bit. So okay. I have taken to doing uh, meal planning just yep. about every week. Um, it helps me to be way more organized when I'm grocery shopping because I know what am I even here for. <laughs> Um, and not to say like, I don't deviate from the list. Cause I think there's a lot of joy, at least for me, cause I'm a nerd, uh, a lot of joy to be found in like, Ooh, this looks interesting. This mm -hmm. is a yummy new product or whatever. Um, but yeah, like, and also because my, you know, I've, I've shared with you, Julian, uh, but for the listeners, uh, my husband has celiac disease. So we're an entirely gluten-free house and that, you know, has obviously changed the way we do or, or have to do, like, not even like choose to do, like have, have to, to do, do our, yeah. our meals and stuff. Um, so meal planning is extremely helpful for that. Cause unfortunately with the whole celiac thing, like we can't generally just like call a place and get takeaway or whatever. Like there's maybe three, uh, restaurants that like we really trust as for like at any, at any time of day. Uh, so yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, so yeah, meal planning makes us be ready 
to make dinner in the evenings so that, you know, you're not just in that position, which I'm sure we've all been in of like, I I don't know. I need to produce food to feed the people's in my house and also myself. Um, I actually want to switch that order though. Like feed yourself first, no offense to your family. I'm sure they're lovely people, but like you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. Oh my God. End of rant. We're going to do the third tangent from the first question of our podcast. (laughs) This is uh, something that I teach and preach to everyone that will listen, and it's Mm -hmm. really hard to get across. Um, But yes, uh, the way I like to look at it, which can be kind of scary to think about, is Mm -hmm. that uh, at the end of the day, you're the Mm -hmm. only one that can actually do anything for you. Other people can help you. Other people Mm -hmm. can hinder you. But if you are not doing something for you, there's yeah. nothing anyone else can do. If they're trying to support, it's a fool's errand, but they will try. Uh, yeah, like no one can eat your food for you. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, not only that, but I uh, the way I like to think of it is uh, taking care of yourself means that mm-hmm. if you are helping someone else, it doesn't hinder your progress. Which mm-hmm. sounds extremely selfish because it is <laughs> on purpose. The, the writer, the writer editor in me is like picking you up on like calling it selfish because I, I don't know that I would call it selfish because and only because like the connotations that that word has. But please continue. <laughs> it, is, it is not selfish for you. It is selfish for the people that run into it and want to yell at you for it. Mm. That's what I mean. It, and from, I, yeah, from their uh, perspective. If you're not used to doing it, uh, changing that will make other people mad. Mm-hmm. So you will, you will be told you are being selfish. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, I, yeah. Oh, I, it yeah. Is not, it, is, it is the correct thing to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and yeah. when the boundary is set, people will respect it. But if you mm-hmm. don't have that boundary, there's a lot of uh, tug and war that has to take place to get to that point. Um, yeah. The the metaphor I like is uh is like how full is your cup? If your if your cup is, of your life force uh, mm-hmm. is full. And to help someone else or do something for someone else, you have to give your life force to them. You're make, even though you're full and healthy, you're making yourself sick by giving them something that is better. And in that equation, no one, mm-hmm. the equation doesn't change, right? Both yeah. people, so someone in that exchange is still ill. If you are not full and give to someone else, you're killing yourself. And you don't even mm-hmm. know if they're actually getting to where they need to be either. So that's a negative in both columns. Mm-hmm. The only point at which... The equation allows you to give to someone else and you're not sacrificed as if you have too much. When your cup is just overflowing, and it's, it can be a very specific thing. When your cup is overflowing with something, that mm-hmm. is what you give to other people. Right, whether, yeah. Whether it's mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, what, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, is, that is the point at which you're in a position to safely and healthily give to others. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so with the meal planning, it's, it's a lot of work. It's, oh gosh, it, so there are some days where like, I am going back and forth between my computer or carrying my computer around in the kitchen of like, oh my gosh, what do I even have? I don't know. I don't know what I even feel like making this week, uh, you know, the struggle, but, um, man, it, the, the payoff is so good. Mm-hmm. So I just, I wanted, I wanted to say, I understand and I recognize that this is work and it's hard sometimes, but the payoff is totally there. Yes. Um, 
And that also leads me to wanting to talk about um, rest and rewards. And we talked yeah. a little bit about this earlier. Yeah. Like, cause of course, like, and I am, I am very, very bad about this. I still struggle with this like so much um, today when I was doing my planner. So basically I'm really bad at giving myself rest because as a creative person, the more I produce, the more I will make yep. like the more books I put out, the more streams of income I have. And guess what? Writers don't make money. Okay. Nope. Don't, don't think you can get into writing for the money. Cause it's not there. <laughs> Sorry. y'all. <Yeah. laughs> but, um, so like there is this pressure of like, Oh, we'll just, just produce more. And then like, that'll alleviate that problem because we live in a capitalist society. Yep. Um, but also you will burn out and I have burned out mm-hmm. like, several times over and, and it's it not good probably happen again <laughs> yeah it, it will like today when i was doing my planner almost didn't give myself a day off like i was just in there like yeah every day is a work day and yep. i'm traveling as well this weekend um which is extra hard um i mentioned i do events and stuff and i've got an event on saturday next week which when this goes out it'll have already happened <laughs> or i think wait no, no, no. Right, before, that. right before huh? you can totally chill it out you can <laughs> Wait, you said this going out on like Wednesday, right? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So anyone in Louisiana, um, in New Orleans specifically, on October 2nd, I will be at the New Orleans Marriott doing um, the author thing with many other authors at the NOLA Bookstars book event. So if you feel like coming out, that's a thing. Um, And I love doing events like that, but they are extremely tiring. Like you are peopling hard all day long. (laughs) (laughs) yes and like you are there you're on you're smiling everything is there like people are bringing their work their like troubles to you and they're like wanting to talk to you about their problems and i totally get it because the world is on fire um and you sort of like take that on because you want to like you want to be helpful and positive and encouraging for people but that is also a drain on you and so all that to say these events are extremely tiring and i was going to give myself seven days of work oh, no. and no days and, off uh, seven days of like increasing workload in the in the process of that yeah getting getting ready for it and everything all that stuff yep. the travel everything um yeah so that those rest days are like i'm not even gonna say 100 percent. i'm gonna say a thousand percent necessary because uh, even though it's not methodic, and I yeah. give ourselves um awesome days is what we call them. Awesome days. Tell me about those. Yeah. They're, um, they are the days when um, there's no alarm, there is no set schedule, and there is no oh, deadlines. What is it to live with no alarm? Like, uh, I don't know. That's like... It's great. <laughs> uh, the, the, yesterday, uh, we had the, the windows open, uh, and a bird chirped to wake us up, and Lydia wanted to throw something at it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Sometimes it means that we end up literally doing nothing on purpose, which mm-hmm. leads to conscious activity. Like people yeah. don't think that doing nothing is productive, but it totally can be. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it means it's we have time to like go on an adventure or like do something that we normally wouldn't. Um, it tends to be around when we play like D and D because we're either mm-hmm. recovering from from it or cleared our schedule to play. Right. Uh, but we also do it. Uh, we we learned in the closing of our gym that we weren't leaving time for ourselves even though mm-hmm. we had a day off from the gym. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we circle it every, every week and this is, this is the day. Yep. I, I love that so much. I, I, I think that's so healthy and so smart 
Yep. Um, and that's not to say that we don't give us ourselves times to like play and do fun stuff. Um, yeah. Outside of that, but because it, it's also about us making sure we have time for each other, like not work, not work related. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is one thing I'm very glad um, that my husband and I do as well. Like we have, we have like an evening set aside every week. We're like, that's our evening. And like, yep. if either of us want to book something in there, like we got to check with the other. Yep. Um, yeah. So I think that's so good. And like I said, I, I really struggle with that as far as like allowing myself to have that time. Cause it, it feels like, and I still, it's just, you know, the, the brain and bad habits and in my case, anxiety, yep. uh, they tell you all kinds of things like, Oh, you're, you're a bad writer. You're like a bad creator. Cause you're not doing the things yep. what a lazy slacker you are. Oh, I, when we were at the, had the gym and no one, no one was there from the mm-hmm. times when people were at work, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. was, I was still there just going, no one's here. I'm a failure. This is horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, even though it was, it was perfectly fine and doing great. It was just literally like, and looking back, like that was a time when I should have left and like done whatever the hell I wanted to do. But that, that wasn't something that made sense in my head because I have to be here, you know, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I a thousand percent get that. Um, and so Julian and I listeners are here to tell you, like you, you should take that time for yourself. Yes. Um, yeah. It's healthy. Uh, you should be, that should be the first thing you schedule <laughs> when mm-hmm. you're getting ready to do it, schedule other things. Where's the day when you get your break from the thing you're about to schedule? Yeah. Um, my, my therapist, uh, once asked me like, so when do you just like let your brain be a brain? And I was like, um, that sounds like a horrible idea, (laughs) (laughs) like terrifying. Yeah. But what, what she really meant was like, you know, where I'm not basically not hustling, um, like a do, uh, And for me also, like, and this is, this is another thing I want to share with everyone is like finding those, those ways to do that. Cause like, for me, like, you know, I, I create, I have various creation spaces in my house, like here, what Julian can see. Um, And this is going to be on the website as well. The video part. The video part is on the whole video is only on the website. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like you all can see, this is my office. It's also a guest room. Um, But yeah. So like when I'm in here, I'm working. Um, I have a workshop downstairs and I do crochet on the couch. So like they're the spaces have sort of bled. So for me personally, I have found that like to get my brain out of the, how can I hustle today? Kind of mindset. I have to go somewhere else, like physically go somewhere else. And like, thankfully I have lovely friends who are like, yeah, come on over. It's going to be great. Yeah. Or like take myself out to a coffee shop, like, or whatever. Yeah. We so have, yeah. And like finding, have, finding those people. tricks. Well, what? Mm-hmm. Sorry? No, what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying like finding finding those tricks is really helpful yeah. too. We uh, we have our decompression chamber is what we call it. What is that? It's what most people would call their living room. But okay. <laughs> it's a room <laughs> that none of you ever see when you're here for D&D because it is right. private and secret and it's our lair. <laughs> is, is that is that where the couch that appeared couch for D&D from. this last week came from? Yeah. Okay, makes yep. sense. <laughs> it, it's where it's where the video games are and the TV is and the books are. Uh, it's yeah, it's where and we spend a good amount of time there. Like there's a lot to recover from nowadays. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, there really is uh, for and, sure. And outside of um, need poking the internet to let the world know I exist, uh, mm-hmm. well, this is not super time consuming because I was smart and do this once a month instead of once yeah. a week to start. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. 
So there's a and and I I have a day job that requires a lot of effort. So there's mm-hmm. there even though like the our home is built to allow for creative endeavors and uh, gym videos and workouts and whatnot. Uh, yeah, there's a whole section that's de- dedicated to not allowing any of that to happen. That's so good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I need I need to cultivate more of that in my life. To be totally honest. <laughs> Like I said, like I, I burned out real bad back in January. Um, and like to the point where I was just like, I've broken something, something, something is, is mm-hmm. possibly permanently broken well, that, and it's that, fine now, I which mean, is great. That, January would have been a year entering a year with the world expl- after the world exploded. Close to, yeah, right? and you, pretty much. Uh, even though it's a lot of work, that was a year where I'm guessing you didn't get to hustle to people out in cons. No, no, I, um, I, it was, let me think. I, I did my first event, uh, back in real time. I did a, I did a virtual event, um, during everything. Yeah. Uh, but like the first live event I did back in, um, was it? What are our months with August, August of this year. So it was like, it was over a year between when I did the last event and this first right. event since everything. So I can um, totally see the looking for a way to replace that. Does that make that's sense? That's what I did. Yeah. I wrote two first drafts during, during the pandemic. You what? I wrote two different first drafts during the pandemic. I mean, we're still in the pandemic, yeah. but like during lockdown. During the initial stuff. lockdown. Yeah. When the world exploded. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I, and I never, I never write two first drafts in a year at all. And I wrote it in like, I wrote both of them in the space of like eight months. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was definitely a contributor. Um, You and I both work um, with the public in our, in our other lives, our day jobs, which working with the public is a drain (laughs) by itself. Um, I I love like our, our people who come in and um, you know, who I get to interact with and stuff, but it's it's a trial. Like when you're there in the world and there's an ongoing plague and you're like, is this the day I catch it? I don't know. Like that's a that's <laughs> that a low, that's a constant, yep. like low level buzz of anxiety in your yeah. brain. Oh, we've we've been given for the last I guess we're going close to two years year and a half, two years now. Uh we've been been fed as like an IV drip of low grade trauma, like daily. Yeah, pretty much. Like it, and it's not at this point it's not coming from a specific person's fault. It just is. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just the world yep. <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but yeah, rest. You need it. You gotta you gotta have it. Yeah. Um, vital. Yep. Uh, so okay. Um, in in the goal making conversation that that we're totally staying on point with. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we have. I think we're doing a good job of representing other points of emphasis that relate totally. to the same concept. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about rewards as well, because yes. so yeah, those are, those are in my, in my view, vital, not even important, vital as well. Um, cause you know, we, we, as human beings, it is hard to exist in this world. Um, especially in a, in a capitalist society that demands our lifeblood, mm-hmm. um, in order to survive. So also make sure to reward yourselves guys. Like, like, and I, this part is also something I'm really bad at. Like some people are very structured about their rewards of like, I know that when I do this, this is going to be my reward. I feel like Jillian, you can probably talk about this better than I can because you're probably a lot better at it than I am. Um, but I fully at support rewarding rewards. Myself? I'm sorry. At rewarding myself. 
Yeah, like or like you know, encur- I'm sure you encourage people like all the time oh. to reward themselves yes. and like brainstorm yes. ways they can do that. Sorry, I did not mean to cut you off there. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, that's okay. Um, sometimes you know, with the Zoom life, you talk over each other. Um, but yeah, so I was saying like you probably spend a lot of time talking to clients and things like that about, hey, be sure to reward yourself. Like here's some ideas or whatever, because I feel like a lot oh, yeah. of times we aren't taught the how important that is and how to do that. We no, we um we are the I don't even I don't even so much look at it as rewards. Like uh, uh-huh. I look at more like ce- as as celebration. Like Oh, I like that. Yeah, like because the I think you should get it regardless of if you complete something. Um Really? And, uh, a reward to me sounds like uh the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, but if you don't reach the end of the tunnel, that doesn't mean you shouldn't get time to like goof off and be silly and whatnot. Not that you can't can't also be silly and goof off like in the middle of doing things. But totally, yeah, um, like putting on a pair of antlers. Exactly. Which that, I know is going to get is, cut. That but is still. something that they have no reference to uh, because it's cut out. <laughs> I'm making your life hard. I apologize. <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> well, ninety percent of people aren't going to be watching. They'll be listening, so they'll have no visual cue in the first place. That's very true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's extremely important to, to make sure there is rewards. But I think um, I'm losing my train of thought. What was I going to say? Uh, you were talking about rewarding. Like you get rewards. Not just if you like when you reach the end, but also like in the midst of yes. trying to go to the goal. Yeah, I think um, similar into how uh, to get to the bigger goal, you have to break down smaller chunks. Mm-hmm. I think if you're breaking down smaller goals, you should also be bra- uh, having an equal amount of celebration. Like that's uh, just because it was a smaller task doesn't mean mm-hmm. it wasn't monumental for you to complete it. I support this vibes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so no, there's a lot of like, uh, it's particularly if it's, if you're just starting out and this is where I spend most of my time is with people that are doing something new for the first time or have been doing it or have built a negative relationship with something. Mm-hmm. And now we're trying to build a positive one. Uh, yeah. And, uh, it's I actually have a monologue plan for this in the next one. Uh, it's really hard to notice when you feel good mm-hmm. because feeling good is the absence of friction to your existence. So it exists in the negative. Like the the more pressure there is against us, the more we know things are happening, but the worse mm-hmm. we feel or the mm-hmm. more effort it takes to feel good. And when you remove layers of friction from, from our basic level existence, mm-hmm. we feel better, but we don't notice it because there's nothing there to feel. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so when when you're first starting out, there's a lot of negative friction. Whatever, even if it is, even if it's not a negative habit, if it's mm-hmm. just you're not used to doing it, mm-hmm. you're battling everything else in your regular life that already exists to make this new thing take place, and that's yeah. a whole lot of friction to deal with. So any little bit of I did something is worth celebrating, so that you can feel good because otherwise mm-hmm. you won't notice it. Yeah. I have a question for you then. It might be, it might be a tough question, but I think it's important given that like your, your field is like, you know, working out and and fitness and things like that, because I feel like often there's that kind of like, Oh, if you're like working out and being fit, you don't get the good yummy, but maybe not like the most nutritionally dense 
food. So what's your, what's your opinion on food rewards? Mm. Ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to make sure I wasn't making your life hard again. Nope, you're not. So, um, there is from mm-hmm. a specifically technically looking thing, there is no such thing as good or bad food. Mm-hmm. It is not the food's fault that it exists. It is not the food's fault that we eat it in the way we do. It is none of it is the food's fault. It is all based on around what our body needs, our relationship with how we treat eating it, uh, and how much of it we are or are not eating. Mm-hmm. The, um, regardless of the food, regardless of the labels we have given it, the food itself is not good or bad. Uh, even if it is not, even if you, even if you look at uh, just refined white sugar. Right. Okay, it is technically a food. Uh, it may not be beneficial to eat, uh, Especially if you're eating it like by the spoonful, right? Just... Not, not, not <laughs> great. Uh, I'm not going to advocate for people to go out and just like eat pure sugar. Yeah, uh, sure. But if you're paying attention, which is the biggest key, uh, the nutrient that you're getting from the white sugar uh, is something that your body can use. It, mm-hmm. it then becomes why are you eating it? How much are you eating it? How is it balanced with other things? Uh, and to abuse it, not abuse it, to assume that it itself is bad is giving you, is giving you the opportunity to have a bad relationship with it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the base ground that I start with. Uh, and uh, because of that, all nutrition is extremely individualistic. Because even though, like, and that's why, uh, like, marketed diets can work for anyone, technically, uh, mm-hmm. but work for very few specific people because that just happens to be the one that is right for them. Uh, mm-hmm. the, if you just want to exist as a flesh being, uh, <laughs> you can look at it from a physics standpoint mm-hmm. and your body wouldn't gain weight or, lo- or lose weight uh, and uh, you would technically be alive. <laughs> um, that is that is one way to do it, but uh, you're also you you have a tongue for flavor and a nose for smell and a and a heart for desire. And if those things aren't getting attention, uh, are you really living? That's it's a good question. question. Yeah, and I, I'm 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 glad to hear that uh, viewpoint because I feel like a lot of fitnessy things don't focus on that. Um, so follow up question then: yes. What are like some of the food rewards that you particularly enjoy? Oh, I don't. Um, reward myself with food in the manner that we're used to hearing in, fit, in fitness. Mm-hmm. I don't have cheat days. Um, okay. I'm not. I'm not a spouse. I'm not. A, I'm not like hiding in the corner. I. Um, <laughs> I, ba- I. What I do is I substitute um, or mix and match uh, from a nutrient-based level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I know that. Uh, when uh, we when D and D is happening, that there is going to be a lot of extra sodium and a lot of extra sugar. Yeah, um, it's delicious um, from both white sugar and sugar alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and all of it is going to feel great. And because of the company and because of the manner in which I'm consuming it, it is entirely healthy in that moment. Uh, the next day can be trouble uh, if you're not careful or you're not doing things correctly. Um, 
but knowing that those are the ingredients that are going to appear um, in the day or two before or day of, um, mm-hmm. if I'm making sure other nutrients are in abundance. If you, if I'm, I, if I'm having protein and fats, and I'm making sure prior to D and D that I've had the vitamins and minerals from my from my fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. uh, and on D and D day, uh, outside of D and D, I am not having sugar or grain or other fast acting carbs. Right. Then uh, in my diet, uh, that is where I get it from. Indeed, during D and D. This is a really long answer. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, it's good. I think I think it's good for people to hear this. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't. I I I. I don't even strictly meal plan anymore. I, mm-hmm. I if I have something that I'm working towards, I do because it's it's. I work again. I work from the the formulas and then work backwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I I. I know. I allow simple, basically simple, simple sugars. I do not enjoy how I feel on um, fried foods. Mm-hmm. I feel like crap when I eat that. And because I feel like crap when I eat that, I don't eat it. Like it's not. I, that makes sense. I, uh, the sensation I get from eating it is not worth the flavor. Yeah. Um, and I limit uh, the amount of exposure I get from other foods. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, I'm, this is not going to sound good. I probably don't eat as much fruit as fruit as I should because it also mm-hmm. contains sugar. Uh, I'll eat my vegetables and and have my um, spices for micronutrients. Um, uh-huh. But I know I'm I know I'm going to have the Oreos and I know I'm going to have the gummy worms. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I just do that instead. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't, um... I, I don't even know if I answered your question. You did. You did. And I, I appreciate that. Um, especially cause like I said, I'm, I'm not the best at, um, everyone who's watching the video. Meet Bruin. This is Bruin and he's Bye. adorable and fluffy and he's very happy to be here. Um, yeah. So no, I, I, I think that's, like I said, I think that's really good because, you know, just food, especially like, you know, the, the donuts and the cakes and, and stuff, they have like in some circles, like those, uh, reputations. Um, which, like you said, like food is food is neither bad nor good. It just yeah. it just is. I get, um, so yeah, job, I think that's great. I get I get uh, I have a reputation because uh, depending on where I am in a week, month, or what I'm focusing on, um, mm-hmm. my calorie window goes really, 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 really high. Like when we were when we had the gym, we we were still walking everywhere, and the gym was in between the day job and our home. Yeah. Uh, so it was extra walking there and back and everywhere. And uh, I was not putting on weight and eating 5,000 calories every day. Yeah. Uh, because I was also training outside of that. Like that. I'm not recommending you do this. I'm just saying this was <laughs> a mix of it was I rely on a foot commute and the and my lifestyle has me using my body a lot. Yeah. And I enjoy exercise for my mental health. Like those are two things that coexist. Uh and because of that, there were mm-hmm. days where I would eat like whole pies or cakes. Uh, like, a, like a whole one just like by yourself? One, in one wow. on my lunch break. Right. Uh, and have like a, a chocolate milk or something with it. Uh, and people are like, you're going to get fat if you do that. And I'm like, this is literally less than a third of my daily intake. This mm-hmm. is like, I'm not saying I'll feel great, but I need at yeah. least this to reach what I'm trying to get to, to not die. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And side note, walking is massively underrated as far as like fitness goes. Just like a good walk. For everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, if it helps, like I I am very, I'm a huge fan of Pride and Prejudice. I have the sticker here on my water bottle. Um, Elizabeth Bennett talks a lot about how much she enjoys a good walk. And I, if you need to channel that, that's great. Do that. So, yeah. Um, So, yeah. So definitely those, those, um, you didn't, you didn't use the word reward. What was the word that you used? Celebration. Celebrations. I love that. Um, yeah. So like definitely those celebrations for, um, Nothing for those things. And I think words. I'm just, I'm just saying mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm being, uh, specific with my wordage. Right. No. And I think, I think that's really great. I actually like celebration more than, than reward. Cause I think you're right. I think like reward very much has that connotation of like, you don't get it um if you if you don't and failure is a whole subject by itself as to like what does it mean to fail what does it mean like if we you know don't don't achieve the goal like if you want to lose those 20 pounds buy your beach vacation or whatever like okay what does it mean if you then have to buy a new swimsuit because the swimsuit you had planned to to wear for that vacation or whatever like doesn't fit now right. like, or like what does that mean how 20, do you, you how do you deal 15. with that i'm sorry or like the goal was 20 but you lost 15 yeah like exactly you, you didn't reach your goal but you made a lot of progress like that's you should mm-hmm. not be proud of that yeah yeah for sure and i i actually i really dislike the word failure in general I, and again i know we've been talking a lot about connotations but this is the language we use it so is. I don't, I don't like the word failure. Cause like, I think failure implies that you didn't do anything. And that's just not true in, in most cases that like you made, you made some progress yeah. and that's, that's a, like commendable on its own. Yeah, I agree. Um, and this, this is a lesson I wish that I could give to anyone and everyone of like, you know, like be your own cheerleader because you deserve it. You yep. deserve the best cheerleader. Um, and, you know, if we could be as good cheerleaders to ourselves as we are our own worst enemies, like think of how that could just change our mindsets. Oh, yeah. So, um, cause like no one gets down on me worse than me. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, and I, I kind of don't include haters in that because <laughs> honestly, the haters are not worth your time. Like, and I understand they may be family members. They may be people very close to you in your life, but yeah, uh, those are, yeah, those are, those are people that like, they don't deserve your energy. Nope. Um, I'm sorry. I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just, you know, being, I think, I think this, this this year has taught me anything. And I feel like this year has taught me a lot. It's just like being gentle with yourself. Like, and I'm, I'm really appreciative for those moments where like, I, I was coming down on myself and like, I was feeling that like, oh no, I have failed. And like, thankfully the person that I was feeling most like accountable to, or like embarrassed in front of, like, were gentle with me. Like for instance, you know, after when, when things shut down here in Nashville for what was it, six weeks or something or 10 weeks, whatever it was. And like, everything was closed. Like gyms were closed, like everywhere closed. When I went back to my trainer um, after, you know, we were allowed to reopen and everything and he was, you know, asking me like, so how you been, you've been working out. And I told him, I was like, I've done yep. nothing. I've done absolutely nothing. And he's like, that's okay. Yep. Not, we, we haven't done a lot either. It's okay. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. And I, I'm so grateful for, for moments like that. Um, and those are definitely the people you want in your tribe. Not to say like you only want people who only ever give you like positive feedback back, but like if, the people if, who like- You can trust criticism from someone that's supporting you with positivity. Yeah, exactly. So and like with this example with my trainer, like he's also the same guy who like, you know, when I make, when I make choices that I know aren't, the best choices like oh i had eight pieces of cake and a whole bottle of wine the night before i went to work out and i knew what the repercussions were gonna be that actually hasn't happened i'm just using that as an extreme example i would be ill but anyway like he would he'd be like you know that's not a great choice right like there are better choices Mm -hmm. so yeah um so yeah just you know being gentle with yourself and this this was really hard for me to learn um this and i i fully i fully endorse therapy y'all like my therapist has been a huge, huge impact on my mental well-being in so many ways. But like one of the one of the things that she taught me was like, you don't have to keep people in your life. Like you don't have to have toxic relationships just because that person is a family member. Yep. I'm, so, I'm keenly aware of that. That was game changing for me, like yeah. to the point where I was like, but I mean, maybe you didn't understand me correctly. Like, <laughs> l- allow me to explain better. <laughs> and she's like, right? no, no, oh, I got well, you. If, if the, the, the idea is that you're supposed to take care of yourself first, why, where and what point does that break down? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's not, it doesn't have stipulations. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like if, if I was going to leave on any, on any uh, note, about like intentionality and stuff like being gentle with yourself is that is that kind of final note in all of this discussion about like being intentional about setting your goals and like being intentional about like then creating the steps to carry out said goals but be gentle with yourself yes yeah, yeah. I totally that's, agree. that's basically like my my theory of life in a nutshell as far as like goal setting and productivity and and just living your your best life that's awesome yeah, <laughs> and, and this, and then you have like your whole life of experience of uh, to, uh, learning that. <laughs> yeah, it took man. Some of these things took me such a long time. Some of them I'm still learning, and I don't understand why was, it's taking me so was, long. Uh, a lot that I learned with lockdown. Uh-huh. I think I told the story in the last podcast, so if it's too repetitive, I might cut it out. <laughs> but like. Yeah. Uh, uh, there. We accidentally built a single focused life. Mm-hmm. Um, and none, in the moment, it wasn't a problem because we, mm-hmm. we were a mix of working on something, having a goal, and more or less, even though there was stress and anxiety, feeling good about it. Um, uh, there, was, there was also kind of like the sitting in, in the gym by myself going oh my god this is this is failing uh, uh, even if it's even though it wasn't uh, yeah there there was uh i accidentally put all of my my enjoyment and uh and mixed it uh yeah all of my enjoyment into one tiny basket and i'm mm-hmm. i'm a uh lots of baskets person like there yeah <laughs> uh, yeah you you are a complex individual no, I'm a very simple person, but, <laughs> but I am, I have, I'm fortunate in that I was able to work with the community and for a community of people that share a lot of my common interests. Uh, so I got a, a lot of 
what I wanted peripherally, mm -hmm. but uh, I accidentally built myself a very rigid self of uh, identity, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, and when not when the not in when we closed the gym, um, mm -hmm. when uh, the gym was open, but we couldn't uh, use it was when there was time for just other stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, that I never stopped enjoying, mm -hmm. but thought I didn't have time for. And I did have time for it. I just hadn't, hadn't built the habit of allowing that to exist. Um, right. And then uh, that, that whole process is what led to us deciding to close the gym in the manner that we did. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, so there was a lot of learning, um, learning that I have priorities of, enjoyment for myself that are not just this project uh, and the right. more I spread those finger feelers out and wanted to do more of that uh, mm -hmm. the more I didn't want to let it go as the world started crying to go back to normal right right and I, and I've been saying since the beginning don't go back to normal create a new normal like there's time only moves in one direction unless it's in a science fiction novel uh, uh, yeah uh <laughs> Time is moving this this direction, whether you like it or not, with or without mm -hmm. you. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the best you can do is remix what you had with whatever exists uh, now. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that that was the biggest thing that I learned was, uh, and part of where like uh, we're moving uh, from Nashville to New England came from not not that to not the need to move, but like mm -hmm. in creating an environment that allows us to have all the things we want to do plus the individual projects. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 You like, you know, you, do you feel like that this experience, like, do you feel like without it, you, you maybe would not have made that decision or like, do you feel like you and Lydia know each, know each other and yourselves well enough to figure that like, you would have probably come to this conclusion anyway, that like actually to, continue to this build, build the type of life that we want moving to new England is, is the solution. Um, yes. And mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. Um, also mentioned, I think briefly in the last podcast, uh, Nashville was designed as a pit stop. In our yeah. Life. Um, mm -hmm. I don't mean to insult any one of my friends in Nashville, including, no, no. yeah. <laughs> Because they, it's not that we wouldn't have stayed forever. It's mm -hmm. that it was designed to be an experience that was not the West Coast or the East Coast. Because yeah. we lived in the West Coast and the East Coast was in some way a dream. Yeah. Um, uh, we also, uh, mentally and emotionally, uh, were more than likely, uh, once the lease was up on the gym, to not work that business model anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we would have come to the, like the specifically moving to New England uh, was cemented because we took a vacation there. Like that was, mm -hmm. which would not have happened if we, the pandemic never happened because we wouldn't have had the time to do it. But like that's right. Yeah. Uh, so no, because of th that. Um, but there were already things showing that would have led to some version of uh, closing down the brick and mortar gym and trying to find an, another balance. Yeah, I got you. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you guys did kind of, you know, come upon that and, you know, 
leaving Nashville is not an insult to Nashville. There's a big world out there with lots of different things to offer. There is. But that's also why, like, I was messaging the, the group about, like, look, I found this thing that's for, like, being across the world. And, and like, mm-hmm. uh, because more and more the people that I, uh, I, I am a, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if there's a word for it. I um, because of the way I work to uh, help people all the time everywhere um, Mm -hmm. I am a friend to everyone um, which is a blessing and a curse because Mm -hmm. I uh, it is empowering to like uh, have people generally be happy that I'm around in whatever wherever it is I'm going yeah. But also, it also means that um, if I don't pay attention, I either don't have deeper relationships or I uh, uh, misunderstand which relationships are deeper. Okay, I got you. Um, and again, over the last year or so, <laughs> uh, yeah, the I've I've really come to understand that, uh, particularly because there's a number of people that that I've come to know and really enjoy. Uh, through not being in person because of the pan- pandemic. Uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> You're like, oh, actually. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not afraid of that dying because the pandemic mm-hmm. showed me that it didn't. Uh, so there, uh, there's a, a strong excitement for the idea of being able to maintain what I get from the more deeper relationships that I've built, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of the fact that I'm in one specific location or another. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the magic of the internet that we have now where yeah. Yeah. You, know, you, you can still maintain these relationships and like, we can still, you know, do D and D even across, across the world. And in, in my D and D game that I, I DM um, my best friend in England is part of it and you know we have to we have to watch the time because 6 p.m here is midnight there but you know we we get an early start and we can play yeah. all day my uh my last podcast interview was for my friend in poland yeah we, oh i i listened to all of them I've, I've, I'm, up, I'm up to date oh okay Yay. yeah awesome yeah <laughs> um but yeah and i and again like i, I fully support like people finding like the methods that work best for them. Like I said in the beginning, like I realized like my, my way of doing it is very rigid. Um, and I think that might be a coping mechanism. Um, my therapist has mentioned the possibility of like ADHD, but she was also like, if you have good coping mechanisms, like then, you know, you might not want to go through the whole palaver that is like getting tested and everything for that. And yeah. So like they might be coping mechanisms, but they work really well for me. Like I get so much accomplished, like when I have like my nice rigid schedule. Um, and I do, I say rigid, like getting, getting technical here. Cause again, I'm a nerd. Um, but like I use routines more than like, um, what, 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 how am I trying to put this? Like routine, like I mentioned my, my breakfast routine, like, or my morning routine, Mm -hmm. like, I can move everything around in my blocks. Like if I get up at, I don't know, nine o'clock instead of seven o'clock, like I can just move everything down. Um, so yeah, like routines over like actual rigid schedules, I think provide that flexibility that, you know, we all need sometimes as far as sometimes life goes awry, but at least uh, you yeah, have it. Like at least in my case. Life always goes awry. 
Oh, always every day. Yeah. 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 But like, I have it all like planned out and, you know, organized so that when, when life does happen, not if, um, I can, I can shuffle. Yep. This, so, yeah. that actually, I'm not going to say full circle. We're going to say like half circle. Uh, sure. yeah. uh, that is also where, um, ha- uh, having, giving yourself the space and time, um, even if the goal is like every day, mm-hmm. uh, but you miss a day, there's also the next day that, you know, you're still going like it's, uh, regardless of if it's, uh, your word limit or uh, a workout or whatever, like habit mm-hmm. you're trying to shove somewhere. Uh, yeah. it, it, uh, first I always say this, uh, it takes, uh, on average 20 consecutive days for a habit to become neurological linked. There's that mm-hmm. point that like, if you forget, the next day you're still likely to do it mm-hmm. that, without making yourself do it. That is the point. Um, if you're unlearning a bad habit to learn the new habit, it takes three times as long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not nine, nine, 90, we're going to say 90 days. <laughs> bad sure. uh, that'll work. Uh, uh, so keep that in mind. If you're uh, to get to a new habit, you are directly in conflict with something that you're used to doing. It's going to take mm-hmm. three months. Yeah. <laughs> Of, of, of constantly having to do it, which means you're going to stop and start a lot of the time and it'll probably take the better part of a year. Like that is mm-hmm. just how, how it happens. Uh, but if you're in that process, um, when you mess up or what, um, when you miss a day or when uh, you don't reach the specific goal for that moment, there mm-hmm. is the next day that is going to happen and you didn't completely, I hate this phrase, fall off any bandwagon. Because right. <laughs> Uh, uh, and it's different than saying, oh, I'll do it tomorrow because you have a, the schedule that you're working to adhere to. And maybe it changes. Maybe, maybe you started with, uh, I'm going to, uh, run every day this week. Uh, but you forgot to run. Uh, mm-hmm. so the next day and, and the next day it was raining. So you did a bunch of pushups like that. Yeah. That still counts. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, maybe your goal was uh, to to write uh, 500 words every day, and then you sure. sat down and you wrote like the, and then mm-hmm. pressed backspace and wrote the again <laughs> for 15 minutes. That um, is how I edit that. Like what? when I edit, oh, I should I should take this out. Actually, yep. never mind. I'm gonna leave it in. Exactly. No, I should probably take it out. Uh, no, I mean, but that, uh, <laughs> so even though yeah, so then that day may have not have been. A success, but mm-hmm. yeah, the next day where where it will be again. It's yeah. giving yourself the opportunity to have success. Mm-hmm. But also, like nothing happens in a vacuum is like one of my favorite phrases for life. I feel like it covers like a whole gamut of things. Where like if you anytime you like you do a thing, you are gaining experience. Yep. Um, whether you are like working out or um, you know if you are learning that you don't maybe you don't like this workout or like you do like this workout or whatever it is like experience gained knowledge gained is still a gain. Like, even if it's not, you know, I don't know how working out works kinesthetically or whatever. Like you built the 3% muscle or whatever, I transformed it from fat. I don't know what happens, but you know, the the words you're using are wrong. The technical analogy you're making is correct. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) It is the same process. It creates the same results. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I ever like have a, write a book where there's like a physical trainer, I'm going to be coming to you and being like, Julian, please help me use the right words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am, I am, I am the example of, uh, the idea that uh, magic is te- technology we don't understand yet. Oh yeah, Arthur C. Clarke said that. I, I, what I do is I see the matrix mm-hmm. and I plug in the algorithm of the matrix to the real world and, you, mm-hmm. and people just see those results. And they go, wow, how did, how did that happen? And I go, I looked at, I looked at the matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so like you're still, you're still gaining things. Like never think that like, well, nothing came out of that. Like you gain stuff. So again, be gentle with yourselves. Be Absolutely. kind to yourselves. And I said this last time as well. Uh, something ending doesn't mean it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and a big one. That's. <laughs> I, I feel like it's people who have both like taken on enterprises that like we're running ourselves and whatnot. Like I feel like we put even more pressure on ourselves, like to meet these. Um, I have a friend of mine said this so well the other day, and I'm not going to say it nearly as well. Um, but like we sort of build this false equivalency of like. In order to succeed, I must be, um, I must meet like these financial goals or whatever, and like, you know, be subsisting on my own and everything is flowing beautifully, blah, 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 blah. All the, all the BS that capitalism likes to tell us. Um, Whereas like, that's not, that does not equal success. Like there's, there's nothing that says like, this is definitely success and nothing else. so yeah, like first of all, throw out throw out those ideas because I feel like we as people define what is success for ourselves. And even if we don't meet those goalposts, like again, you still gain stuff. Yep. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Like my books are not my books are not bestsellers. Like I would love for them to be like uh like New York Times bestsellers. Like that would be great, but they're not. And that doesn't mean that like everything I've done is isn't worth anything. Right. Yeah. Absolutely, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I had a thought that was related, and now it's slipping away. Dang it! Sorry. No, no, that's okay. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's the that's that's everything in a nutshell. I think. Well, yeah, that is everything. That is everything the world has to offer in a nutshell. Yeah, that's all, that's all. That's all you guys <laughs> need for the rest of your lives. Just kidding. <laughs> So yeah, this, at least as far as like the, the ideas that I, I sort of had in my head when we started this. Awesome. How, how yeah. um, have those ideas evolved through this conversation? Um, well, like for instance, when you were talking about, uh, you, you prefer to call them celebrations, mm-hmm. not rewards. I like that. I'm going to adopt that. Yay. Yeah. Um, and also this idea of, cause I, I only ever like reward myself when I do like the big goal, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I finished editing an entire book. Like I don't reward myself along the way. And I think that needs to be something that I change, like giving myself those literal. Ooh, okay, follow up question. Mm -hmm. What role does uh, say role-playing games or Dungeons and Dragons uh, or an equivalent like outing of camaraderie, what role Mm -hmm. does that play for you then? If like as not, far as you don't consider it a celebration or a reward where uh-huh. in your cycle of stuff. Oh, that for me, that's just, that's just social because I am a very social person. I am an extrovert and I need, I need that. Like I get sad and de-energized if I don't have people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like that's, that's just a need right there. Okay. So interesting. And I, I know myself well enough to know that like, it Dana get, Dana gets in like a bad place if if she doesn't have let's, the social mess like her own devices. 
Yeah. Like I, and I learned this again during, during lockdown. Oh, didn't we all? Wasn't going out, wasn't seeing anybody. And yes, I was seeing people at work, but that's not the same. Nope. Like I love my work, my coworkers and whatnot, and they're all awesome, but not the same as just like going and being with people with no agenda at all. And like just being with them and enjoying them as people. Um, that's a very different situation. And like, I didn't realize it when it was happening. And then I, um, this was past when uh, everything, like some stuff was still open or like some stuff had opened back up, like gyms had opened back up, but like, basically I wasn't going anywhere or doing anything besides that. Yeah, to stay um, safe and keep the world safe. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so like I would, the only places I was going was basically like work and then to uh, my personal trainer to work out with him. That was it. And, you know, still, you know, that was, that was still a tenuous time. Um, but I like, I felt amazingly better after that. I was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that like I was, I was in like a bad way without having had like the people. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That, mm-hmm. um, I remember what I was going to say before and it's still slightly relevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, go on. Totally. Uh, on a similar note, I um, uh, I went through what I would call an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say six to eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was um, the reason I operate and do what I do, uh, mm-hmm. colliding with the idea that I had built a business and was trying mm-hmm. to run a business. Um, and, uh, as, uh, involuntarily closing the brick and mortar gym, there was a lot of, uh, trying to continue what exists, what existed as a financial process, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want to say burden, but like, <laughs> like it was, it was, um, it had, it was something that I was doing good enough and long enough to get my own little space that had overhead mm-hmm. that I had to pay money for, um, right. which meant I had to charge a bunch of money, which I always felt bad about uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to make it exist. Um, and, and then uh, that went away and I continued to operate as if that had not gone away. Right. So the relationship I had with, I have to make this amount of money or get this amount of clients or whatever, uh, which is mm-hmm. something that I absolutely hated the feeling of. It's what led mm-hmm. to what I said in the other one uh, of uh, feeling like I was chasing people because mm-hmm. anytime that happened, it was me feeling tied to trying to make overhead versus me feeling like I'm helping or not helping someone. Yeah. Uh, and around, I'm going to say six, eight months ago, um, I had uh, an almost just like tear everything up i'm not doing this anymore and and the thought was uh what do i do if i don't in any way whatsoever do personal training mm-hmm. i had never even thought of that as an idea right like uh, what what would you do with your life right not even my life just what would i do mm-hmm. <laughs> just uh because uh it, it's a it's uh from an educational standpoint uh, mm-hmm. i have a very finite set of uh purchasable skills yeah. <laughs> so, if I, yeah. so if i'm not doing that what am i doing and how am i existing 
And mm-hmm. part of that was, was in the realization that there's a bunch of other things I'm not paying attention to, and I wanted to pay attention to them. Uh, and the thing that I was good at, which now, because of that relationship, I was only doing to make money, uh, I didn't feel like was one of the things that I enjoyed, which is not true. I totally enjoy it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that all exploded. Uh, mm-hmm. And in realizing that, uh, I re-switched from trying to focus on building an overhead to focusing on the, the enjoyment I get from seeing people make progress. Yeah. Or having a moment, and I've just seen like having a genuine moment of connection, uh, little light bulb things that go off in people's head and they go, oh, I get it. Or, or just a little bit of, of knowing that uh, their day, their week uh, had less resi- resi- resistance to it. Yeah. Um, and then being able to have that conversation with them. Um, that that's what everything has been built on for mm-hmm. for me uh and that's uh yeah so that all of it exploded and i and i realized i needed to focus on that uh and uh it completely changed uh the the manner in which i focused out how i spend my time uh, mm-hmm. and uh allowed me to reintegrate personal training into one of the things i do because i enjoy it rather yeah. than something that I happen to be good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I realized, this is why it was related to what you had just said, mm-hmm. that uh, i also an extrovert, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, uh, I, I think I have. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I noticed that I get the same amount of gratitude and purpose out of a genuine moment for someone I've never met uh, on the internet as I do from a genuine moment that I have from a client. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me if, uh, it matters to me that the moment is genuine and that, that, that I can tell both sides felt it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they're paying me money. It doesn't matter if I know them personally. It doesn't matter if we before then had an emotional connection, uh, in, in existence. Yeah. Um, that moment is the thing that I cherish and it does not matter, uh, as an extrovert, that is what I enjoy most. Uh, and it doesn't matter what level. So when I realized that, I realized I can achieve little bits of it without having to go, like, uh, actually have to see someone in person and maybe get sick. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think that that also circles back around to like, why are you doing the thing in the first place? Like, what what are your reasons for wanting to accomplish this thing? Yep. It's also where the podcast came from. Yeah. To try and just like get you know get these positive messages out and who knows maybe we'll resonate with people, with people. And, that and realize that it doesn't mean I have to be face to face with them all of that yep yeah that's awesome yeah so and I super appreciate you having me on Julian yeah, thank you so I much I had a blast I hope yeah I only know, I know I only do them once a month uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I hope again we can sit down and talk a bunch of other things I'm sure there's Definitely. many other yeah. ideas we could chit chat about I would love that that sounds great. Uh, where can people find you, see you, get your stuff? Um, the main place is my website, which is wordsbydana.com. Uh, so just W-O-R-D-S-B-Y-D-A-N-A.com. Um, that has links to everything, whether you want to check out stuff in my Etsy shop, whether all of my social media links, um, you can support me on Patreon or Ko-Fi there. Um, all of the things are right there at Words by Dana. I just recommend you go there because that's kind of, the root of my social tree. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome.
Thanks so much. I appreciate you, Julian. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Congratulations. You have made it to the final segment of today's episode, the Q&A, the question and answer segment. You ask questions, and I have answers, and there are two of them, to be exact. But before I get to those, just a quick reminder, if you would like to ask questions of your own, you can reach me on most of the social medias. I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under either Everybody's Superhero Cast or Julian Lewis. And there, uh, we can chit-chat about other things as well, but also, you can ask questions to be read and answered on the podcast. Okay, getting right to it. Question number one is from EELGM on Twitter, whose Twitter bio says, GM in a world dominated by the Empire of Eternal Light. EEL, I believe, stands for Empire of Eternal Light. That makes sense. The question is, have you ever done any martial arts? Yes, is the short and simple answer. Here's the thing. Uh, I have not actively been trained or taught martial arts since leaving Seattle, um, which is however many years ago. Six, seven, six or seven years ago. Um, I, in Seattle, I trained at MKG Seattle, um, which along with having what they call the mixed arts class, uh, focused on a number of different uh, Thai and Filipino styles of martial arts that I totally enjoyed and was training there, if I'm being honest, on and off again, but over a number of years, um, up until the point that I started uh, coaching myself uh, under general, general population and then um, learning as much as I could about that became my uh, obsession. Um, so I, I am not currently studying under any, in any school or training in, 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 in any school, um, but that experience has shaped how I focus uh, some of my coaching, um, how I interact with uh, clients, and um, is part of uh, wanting to be a bat when I grew up. So uh, boxing and kickboxing is my favorite form of cardio and I still incorporate into many of my workouts and in many of my uh, clients' workouts. I think it answers the question. Yes, I have done martial arts. I'm not pretending I'm good at them. I am saying I'm technically out of practice, but I do work kickboxing and boxing into my uh, workouts for cardio. Awesome. Question number two is from Courtney. Any tips for working out exhausted? Any tips for working out around your kids' activities? Couple things here. This looks like two questions, but I read both of them because I believe they are one question shoved together and answering it uh, requires or answering one requires answering the other as well. Uh, that made sense. Um, if you were to go to Google right now, please don't <laughs> finish this, uh, or do it on a different device. Uh, if you go to Google right now and ask Google, should I work out when I'm exhausted? You're going to find a, probably a number of articles that basically say, don't. Here's the thing. You'll also find in those articles that they are assuming 
that you were exhausted for one of two, one of two or both reasons. One, uh, you didn't go to bed early enough, as in you stayed up too late, or had to get up too early for your normal sleep cycle, and that is why you were extra tired. Uh, maybe this is a reoccurring habit, and it's been strung out for a number of days, but you are exhausted because you are not giving yourself enough window of a sleep each night, uh, and, and it's making you extra, extra tired. The other is that you've already exercised some or a bunch or done more than you used to. Maybe you went on a hike, uh, which is outside of your plan, and now you're sore and tired and don't have any energy within any of your uh, body, um, and you're wondering if you should still work out. Uh, if you've already worked out uh, and uh, or done something that is extremely active and you feel just crushed of energy, you should not work out. You need to rest so your body can adapt to what you just did to it and then recover and then you're good to go for more workouts. Um, if the reason you are um, exhausted is because you're not giving yourself enough sleep of late, you need to fix that and then worry about working out because your body will have too many, too much other stress or inflammation to properly execute or get the benefits of um, trying to push yourself to build muscle, burn fat, or all the other fun things that the articles assume you're trying to do with your workouts. However, that is one limited facet of the way we look at exercise or workouts. Um, it is not taking in uh, low impact workouts. It is not taking in the effects workouts have on your mental health. It is not taking in the effects that it has uh, on your emotional health. Um, so I will say, uh, if the, it depends on why and how you are exhausted, and for each of those, there are different ways and reasons to address it. We are, we've already addressed the first one, which is if you are physically exhausted, purely physically, purely physically, because you've been doing more physical labor than you're used to, you haven't been sleeping enough, uh, or giving yourself enough time to sleep, um, or you did something your body wasn't ready for or worked out really hard and you just have no energy. In that state, you need to rest, recover, and then go back to working out. Uh, your recovery is still technically exercise. It's just low impact movements to help the body loosen up and not get, not get stiff. Um, if you are mentally exhausted because you've been doing the same thing at work over and over and over again, uh, but you haven't been moving much and you're trying to do stuff with your brain and it just feels like nothing is, is happening and you just want to take a nap, uh, you should work out because physically your body has done nothing. Mentally, you are dead because you never woke up. Or when you did wake up, you fell asleep at the minute you went into drone mode, which is extremely common. I don't care if it's a, a semi-physical job or a computer desk job. If it's a monotonous task and you, and you found yourself kind of dozing off in the middle of the day, uh, your body needs to move uh, for you to feel better. It might not be, you might not have the energy or wherewithal to push yourself really hard. That's okay. The goal here is not the building muscle or uh, burning fat that you would associate with the, the workouts that articles tend to talk about. Uh, it is a workout 
to simply make your mental and emotional state feel better. And to do that, it can be some, some simple stretching. It can be a very lazy, like 10 minute, minute circuit where you half-ass it the entire way, uh, but just getting your body moving in that manner is going to kickstart other parts of you uh, that make you feel better, either because you have more mental focus, because you'll be able to pat yourself on the back to say you did something. Um, and in fact, um, it would even probably help you sleep when you go, do go to bed and prevent you or keep you from getting physically exhausted, like in the first example. The third one, which I think is what we're actually dealing with here, uh, and is the one most people would actually need to worry about uh, when, when we're looking at should I work out when exhausted, is when you are being pulled in too many directions from too many things for too long. And uh, when you go to sleep, you're tired. When you wake up, you're tired. When you try to think, you're tired. When you try to do, thing, uh, do nothing, you're tired. And there is no rest or recovery in the process uh, that is letting you not feel tired. Uh, chances are, uh, based on the double question of uh, working out around your kids' activities, uh, one, of the, one or multiple of the things that are pulling you in too many directions are having to get uh, the kids to and from their activities. There's no way of getting around that. Uh, in this scenario, and this is something that I tend to talk about a lot, um, you're dealing with a battle of time and you're dealing with the battle of um, putting yourself first uh, at, at some point in the day or at all. Um, if you wait to the point that, you're, that you are tired to do something for yourself, uh, particularly if you're already exhausted, um, it's too late. You're going to forget. You're not going to have the energy for it. It's going to slip by. Uh, because everything else would have been drained out of your brain and your energy system. And even if you did enjoy doing it, it will suck and you'll get frustrated trying to do it. You need to schedule and build time for yourself. You always come first no matter what. If you don't come first, there's nothing you can do uh, for your kids uh, or others. Put yourself first. Schedule it. Schedule the time you have for your, even if it's literally five minutes because you're not used to it, that is your five minutes. I'm not even saying you have to work out. Just start scheduling that time for yourself. Uh, maybe, uh, and, and, and schedule what you're going to use that time for. Because if you get to that time and you don't know, you're going to spend the whole time trying to figure out what to do. I know, I've been there. So you need to schedule every single day. This is not a day off thing or a day on thing because we're defending you. You are always first, no matter what. That gets no days off. Uh, you have to schedule it every day and you need to decide what you're going to do. You don't necessarily have to decide a, a week ahead of time every day what you're going to do, but before you get to it, know what you're going to do. Maybe... Um, once to three times a week, you're doing a little workout for yourself. And that's clearing your head and getting you time away from all the chaos, which is going to help so many other things. Uh, maybe uh, in that same block of time, uh, or it's staggered, depending on how chaotic the schedule is, uh, instead of a workout, it's when you're reading. It's when you're uh, playing games by yourself. It's when you're, um, you're, it's something creative for yourself. 
um, that you that you've been putting off or enjoy diving into. Um, the point is, you have to schedule it, and you have to be extremely unapologetic about defending that time. And that is uh, how you uh, work out when you're exhausted. Thank you for checking out the episode and hanging out with me. I hope that was uh, helpful to the people that asked questions and also you if it is relatable to anything you are dealing with in your own life. Never ever hesitate to reach out on any level. I'm always here to help. And thank you, and I'll see you next time.